Hey, welcome to all of you at all of our churches this morning. And let me just uh, remind you before we get in our second part of our series entitled, This Is Our Church. Uh, today is group sign up. Today's beginning of the day to sign up for a small group as part of our discipleship process that we have here, if you're not familiar with small groups. But there was a brochure that was inside your worship guide that you received when you came in. And there was a list of all the small groups that are available to you. And um, every one of our campuses, all the options for all of your campus are available to you. You received that when you came in. In today and what we want to do is challenge you to look over that brochure and then on that connect card that you received uh, write the top two choices that you might have or if you need some time to think about that we have another option for you you can go to our website or our app and you can sign up for a group there or um, if you know what you want to do you can just take that connect card fill out the top two options and then leave it laying on your seat or you can drop it in the giving boxes as you leave your campus today so uh, just make sure that you're leaning into the different small groups we have. What are the options available? What God might want to be speaking to your heart and uh, time and place that might be the best option for you. And then you can either sign up on the Connect card. And if you have some questions about it, you can even stop by the gallery at your campus on the way that you, as you leave. And uh, we have a groups team that would love to answer any questions that you might have. So go ahead and take out your um, app and you can follow along in the talk notes or you can pull out the um, talk notes that was in the worship guide. And let's dive into our second part of our conversation. This is my church. And this is a four-part sermon series. And whenever we talk about a sermon series, it's really a part of basically four conversations or three conversations or five conversations over a period of few weeks that build up on each other. And in this series, we're really focusing on the church as the body of Christ because our goal for you is that you fall more in love with Jesus as you fall in love with the body of Christ. And now here's the thing that you gotta understand. Whenever we talk about the church as the body of Christ, we're talking about something that Jesus loved so much that he absolutely gave everything that he had. He gave his life for it. And then he commissioned us and he gifted us to represent him as his body in this world. And that's pretty phenomenal when you think about it. So the whole goal of this series is to encourage you to engage in the body of Christ as Jesus commanded us and as Jesus commissioned each one of us to do in order for us to experience the life that Jesus would have us to experience as we spiritually grow into him and grow closer to each other, but also to help other people experience Jesus as well. So last week, when we started this series, we asked you a very personal question, but a very important question, and I want to take you back to that. That'll get our conversation started for today. Here was a question we asked you. Why did you come here for the first time? Why did you come here for the first time? Some of you, you, you saw a sign. Others of you, you checked out the website. Some of you walked in not knowing anybody and big props to you for being such brave people because you, you came for the first time without knowing anyone. That's just kind of you know unique. And I mean, that, you had to be pretty brave because you never know what's gonna happen in a church on the other side of those doors, right? Isn't that how it is? I mean, even as a pastor, there are times when I'll go to visit a church and I think, okay, what's gonna happen over there? So we understand that. But here's the reality. While there are a few brave people, most of you, you came to church for the very first time because somebody invited you. Somebody invited you. They didn't try to coerce you. They didn't try to convince you to believe what they believe. They just said, hey, you know what? I know this may not be your thing and you may not even really be interested in this, but why don't you come to my church and just see for yourself? Why don't you come to my church and just begin to experience Jesus for yourself? And the reason they did is because they believe something that we believe, and that is this. Jesus needs to be experienced, not just explained. 
Don't miss that. We really believe that Jesus needs to be experienced, not just explained. In other words, they could have had all the information, a lot of information to give you, and they could have tried to answer all your questions about God and the Bible and Jesus. But I can tell you, it would not have been as powerful as a simple invitation for you to experience Jesus for yourself. Now, here's what I also know. Some of you, you came willingly, but some of you, you had to be convinced in fact, some of you, you showed up not expecting to ever come back. I mean, it was gonna be like a one-time shot. You'd check it out and then you're gonna be done with it. But here you are again. And the reason you're here again is because maybe the Sunday you came, it was motivational to you. Maybe it was inspirational to you. Maybe you walked away feeling like it was helpful to you. Maybe you even thought about what we talked about all week long, what you had experienced, what the conversation was about. Maybe it's because your kids absolutely loved it. So you came back again, and then you came back again and again. And now when people ask you about RCC, you say, hey, this is my church. And the reason is, is because it's personal to you. But here's what we want you to understand today. As big a deal as that is, you're not just here because somebody invited you. You're also here for this reason because somebody served you. Don't, don't miss that. See, you, you didn't even realize it at the time, but a big part of the reason why you kept coming back week after week and why you engaged in this church so much and why you enjoyed this church so much is because every time you're here, you experience Jesus through the body of Christ serving and working together. You experience his love, you experience his grace through an incredible group of people who serve you and let God's Holy Spirit work through them in order to point you and help you experience Jesus. For example, you, you never see this, but every week there is a group of people who come in throughout the week and they prepare everything so that you and your kids, you can be comfortable, you can feel at home when you arrive. And the reality is they work really hard during the week getting everything together. In fact, there's also a whole bunch of people who show up early every Sunday morning and they love on your kids and they partner with you as a parent to help your children learn about Jesus and embrace a relationship with Jesus. In fact, while you're sitting in all of our churches today, while you're sitting in the auditorium, there are people in other rooms on your campus that are helping kids have the best experience of their week. And you know what? That, that's our whole goal. And you know, any given Sunday, we'll have between 225 and 300 kids at all of our campuses. And here's the thing you have to understand. If you know anything about taking care of kids or educating kids, it takes an army of people to make that happen, right? So there's a whole group of people behind the scenes that you never see making that happen. Also, every week, there's a group of people who show up early and they make coffee for you at all of our campuses. Guess what? That stuff just doesn't show up by itself, right? But there's also another group. They, they show up early to you and they host you and they serve in our parking lot and they welcome you. They hold the doors open for you. They serve in our hallways and they welcome you and answer any questions you might have to help you have the best experience possible. But there's also a whole nother group that serves behind the scenes and they give hours of their time every week because they come in during the week and then they show up early on Sunday mornings to make sure that the music is great, the sound is great, the production stuff is just right so that nothing will distract you from experiencing Jesus either through the song or whatever other medium that we might share the message. Now, here's the thing. They all do that and they do their part to serve you 
And, and when they do that, they do it, and together, because they are serving as the body of Christ, you experience something so powerful that you want to come back. Your spouse wants to come back. Your kids want to come back. So much so that many of you, not only do you want to come back, but you start inviting other people, and you say, oh, you got to experience this for yourself. And so you may not even realize it, but every Sunday... When you're experiencing those wow moments because all these people working together to serve as the body of Christ, you experience a little bit of Jesus' love and grace through them. That's why it feels like a wow. Now, here's the thing. Don't miss this. You're here because somebody invited you, but you came back because somebody served you. And so what I want to do today is I want to do my best to convince you why this is so important. So don't miss what I am about to say. In fact, you might want to write it down and keep it in front of you all week. And that is this. You are important to people experiencing Jesus. Don't miss that. Each one of you are important to people experiencing Jesus. You really are. Each one of you. Not, not just me as a senior pastor of our church, not our lead pastors on our other campuses, not just our staff, not just the vocal and the bands that you see every Sunday morning in front of you. No, no. Not just the folks who even serve you today when you showed up. You, each one of you individually, are important to people experiencing Jesus as well. Matter of fact, I'll even take this a step further and say, you are indispensable to our church. Now, here's what I know. None of us want to feel indispensable in any area of our life, do we? That, that's why so many of us, we, we tend to overcommit ourselves. That's why we pack our schedules with way too much stuff because we're trying to feel indispensable in some area or indispensable to somebody because nobody wants to be an extra. Nobody wants to be a leftover. I mean, think about it this way. You ever bought a piece of furniture that you had to put together, you know, and, and it requires this assembly, and so you start putting this piece of furniture together, and then you get done, and inevitably, for all of us who are not engineers, there's some parts and pieces left over, right? And here's what I know. It's like, what do we do with these extra parts and pieces? Like, what did I miss, right? Well, here's what I know about you as an individual. Nobody wants to feel like an extra part or piece in this world, right? And especially in the body of Christ. So I got really, really good news to you, for you. When it comes to the church, you're not an extra. No, in fact, you are indispensable. Particularly, you are indispensable to helping people experience Jesus for themselves. And some of you have never thought about yourself like that. But you are absolutely indispensable in helping people experience Jesus for themselves, just like someone did for you when you first began to attend our church. And I'm going to explain how in just a moment. Now, you got to also understand something else. I'm not saying all of this just because we thought that would be a good introduction to try to convince you to serve around our churches. No, this concept of being the body of Christ, it is taught all throughout the whole New Testament. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he talked about this, he wrote about it often. He was absolutely convinced that if people were going to experience Jesus, not only did it require someone to invite us, but it required some bodies serving us. 
So what I want to do today is I want to read you one of the places uh, where, and we're going to look at one of the places where the Apostle Paul unpacks this. So if you will, take your Bibles out, whether that's your regular paper Bible or if you got it on your app, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at this. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Greek city of Corinth or the Christians in the Greek city of Corinth. And here's how he explains how we together make up the body of Christ in this world and why each one of you are an indispensable part of helping people to experience Jesus. So here's what he says. He says, now to each one, let's stop right here because this phrase each one is very important for you to understand. Each one is referring to every follower of Jesus Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, each one means each of you who are a follower of Jesus Christ. So this applies to every person who is a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, notice what he says next. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, what does this phrase manifestation of the Spirit mean? Because there's a lot of confusion in church world about what it means. Well, if you look at it, whenever you're trying to interpret Scripture, you always look at the context of what the Scripture is. And if you look at the next few verses, the Apostle Paul explains that he's talking about spiritual gifts. He's talking about abilities and talents that God supernaturally empowers all of us with to serve others. In other words, basically what he says is God chose some of you and he says, I am going to give to each one of you some manifestation of the spirit for the common good of others. In other words, God chose to give some of you spiritual gifts. He chose to give some of you talents and abilities and he wants the manifestation of his spirit to be shown through you as you let his Holy Spirit work through you in the gifts and the abilities and talents that he's given you. And it's not for your benefit. Notice, it's not for your benefit. It is given for the common good. Literally, the common good of others. So what is the common good of others? Well, the common good of everyone is them experiencing Jesus. And Jesus becoming more personal and up close to them relationally and them feeling like they're more relationally close to Jesus. So basically what the Apostle Paul is saying is this, when he talks about that he, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, he's basically saying, listen, when you get together as a church, you're all supposed to let God work through you to help you eat people, help people experience Jesus. And that's pretty powerful when you think about it. That God loved all of us so much that he not only died for us and rose again to pay the price for our sin, but if you read Ephesians, you'll, uh, where the Apostle Paul write the, the letter of Ephesians, he says that in the resurrection, it says when he rose again, he also, he dispersed gifts to those of us who are going to be part of the body of Christ. And so not only did he empower us with transforming power for salvation, but he also empowered us with spiritual gifts in order to do the ministry that he was going to impart to us and leave to us in this world when he goes back to heaven. That's pretty amazing. When you really stop and think about that you and I together, if anybody is gonna see Jesus in this world today, it's gonna to be when the church comes together and truly functions as the body of Christ by using his gifts, talents, abilities. 
And then after he lists all these examples of talents, abilities, and gifts that God gives, notice what he says in verse 11, because he begins to unpack this. Notice verse 11. All of these, what does all these mean? It's referring to all these spiritual gifts, all these talents and abilities that God supernaturally empowers. Here's what he says. All of these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he, referring to God, he distributes them to each one through the person of the Holy Spirit, just as he determines. Now, some of, some of you never realize this, but God has intentionally given you spiritual gifts. He's given you talents and he's given you abilities because he knew this church would need those gifts and those abilities to accomplish the mission that he's called us to accomplish in our communities, in our world. And he goes on to say, hey, you don't get to pick the gift. Because notice he says that he distributes them, right? As he determines. You don't get to pick it, I don't get to pick it. In fact, you could say it this way. God determines what he distributes. So whatever gift you have, it is a gift to you from God for a purpose. For the purpose of the common good of everyone. It's not about you. It's about others. Now, here is why that introduction to this from the Apostle Paul is so important. Why is that important? Because what that means is none of you can say anymore, but I don't have any gifts. I don't have any talents. I don't have any abilities that are useful. No, God gave you gifts, talents, and abilities, and he gave them to you for a reason. And then the Apostle Paul says, his spirit will take and empower your gifts, your talents, and your abilities for the common good of everyone. So whenever you say, and all of us have fallen in this trap at some point in time in our lives, but whenever you say, I've got nothing to contribute, that's insulting to God who determined and distributed you the gifts that you have. See, you have gifts, talents, and abilities for a reason. Now, to help us understand how all this works and why we are indispensable part of the body of Christ, the church, the Apostle Paul, he uses the human body as an analogy. Look at what he says in the next verse, verse 12. Here's how he says it. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. And whenever you think about the human body as an analogy here, this makes sense. Oh yeah, this is how our body works. There's many parts, but it's one body. And so the Apostle Paul used this analogy of our bodies to help us make sense of how the body of Christ, the church, how we all together are to work together. I mean, think about it. Your body is made up a lot of very unique, very different parts. Matter of fact, there are really no two parts in your body that are just alike. But all of the parts of your body, they were designed to function together as one body to form one body. And, and here's what we know. We, we know that a body, it never reaches its maximum potential. It never reaches its maximum effectiveness if certain parts are missing or if certain parts are not working, right? Well, what the Apostle Paul is saying is just like that's true with your physical body, it's also true with the spiritual body. Notice how the Apostle Paul says that. He says, so it is with Christ. Now this little last phrase, so it is with Christ, he's referring to the church as the body of Christ. So he's saying, listen, 
The same thing is true of any local church, just like, it's your, just like your body. Every church is made up of a bunch of unique parts. I mean, look around the room that you're sitting in this morning. I mean, there's a bunch of unique parts. We, we all are designed to function differently, but we're all designed by God to function together to accomplish a common purpose of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that is absolutely amazing. Now, let me just say something. A lot of you struggle with understanding your purpose in life. And I want to say this. The reason a lot of us struggle to understand our purpose in life is because we want to find our, our purpose in life as an individual body part. It is hard to discover your purpose in life as an individual body part when you were designed to be part of a body. So if you cut my hand off from my body and you set it over there by itself, it would be hard to find a purpose for my hand apart from my body. And I watch a lot of people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ say, well, I want to discover my purpose and meaning in life, and they've cut themselves off from the body of Christ, and it is almost impossible to find your purpose in life apart from the body of Christ. You were made to be part of the body. So one of the best ways to find your purpose in life, discover your purpose, is to discover your part in the body of Christ. Now, when you keep reading this, the Apostle Paul he explains how silly it would be. And we, and he, you know, we get this. He explains how silly it would be for your foot to say, well, I'm not necessary because I'm not a hand. Or what, you know, what it would, how foolish it would be if your eye thought, well, I'm not needed because I can't hear like the ear. See, when it comes to our physical bodies, that would just be absolutely ridiculous to say one part of our body is not necessary because it's not functioning like another part of the body. We, we all know that. But when it comes to our role in the church, we tend to forget that. And what we often do, in fact, you might want to write this down, we often tend to magnify the gifts of other people and we minimize the importance of our own gifts. Because see, our gifts are not as vocal or they're not as visible. And so what we tend to do is we magnify the gifts of other people that are more vocal or visible and we minimize the importance of our own gifts. I mean, think about it. We, we have several hundred volunteers, dream team, we call them our dream team, um, that show up every Sunday and they serve those children that, serve up, that show up every Sunday morning. They, they partner with you as parents. You never see those several hundred people that are serving at all of our campuses to help just partner with you as a parent to anchor God's word deep in the heart of your children. And it would be real easy maybe for some of them to go, oh, my part's not necessary. But I'm telling you, you all know how necessary it is. I mean, you're enjoying, enjoying an amazing experience in our auditoriums this morning because other people are ministering to our kids. But all of us, we tend to minimize our gifts and magnify other people's gifts. I mean, for all the people who sit in our production booths on all of our campuses, you never see them. But they're the ones that make sure that this streaming works of this live communication that we're doing right now. They're the ones that makes the music going on right now and, and it's, or in, earlier in our services. I mean, they make all of that stuff happen. You see the vocalists, you see the band members, but you don't see all the people behind the scenes who are making that happen. And so what we tend to do is we magnify the gifts of other people, especially that are visible or vocal, and we minimize the importance of our own gifts when they're not as prominent. But the Apostle Paul's point is to say, listen, it takes everybody to help people experience Jesus when they choose to be around us and with us. In fact, he continues in verse 18. 
He says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, what that means is you're not a part of this church by accident. God put you here because this body, this church needs you to help people experience Jesus. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's just empowering when you think about that. In fact, he continues to make this point in verse 19. He says, if they were all one part, literally if we all functioned the same way, all did the same thing, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And then the apostle Paul, he sums all this up in verse 27 when he says this. Now you are the body of Christ. That's a plural. All of us together, we're the body of Christ. And then he goes singular, individually. And each one of you is a part. And you can, if you're taking notes in your Bible, write indispensable part of it. So let me summarize it this way. This body needs everybody in order to be the body of Christ. Don't, don't miss that. This body needs everybody in order to be the body of Christ. See, if any of you are not doing your part, it cripples the body. Just like if part of your body doesn't work, it cripples the body. And here's what happens. When a person is not doing their part in the body of Christ, it cripples the body and therefore misrepresents who Jesus is to the world around us. That's what the Apostle Paul is teaching. This church needs everyone working together using their spiritual gifts, their abilities, and their talents to accomplish everything God's placed us here to do. You're not here by accident. You're here because Jesus said you are a needed part of this body. In other words, we can't be a healthy church. We can't be a church that's accomplishing the mission that God has given us without you and you contributing your part to the body. See, we can't accomplish all that God's placed us here to do even in our communities without you doing your part in the body. You are here because God put you here for a purpose. But here's what we wanted to do this morning. We wanted you to feel that. We wanted you to know that. Because we felt like if you felt it and knew it, man, it would empower you. See, we want you to experience what it's like to see God work through you and to help other people experience Jesus. There's nothing as powerful and life transforming as when you know that God has worked through you and that you've been gifted by God to do something to help somebody else experience Jesus for themselves. See, we want you to be a part or a group of Christ followers who does that for somebody else, just like a bunch of somebodies did that for you the very first time that you showed up at one of our churches. That's why we're taking this Sunday just to talk and encourage and do everything we can to help you get involved in doing your part in the body of Christ by serving others through this church. So let me address what I think are some of the most common reasons that we hear for people saying, oh, well, here's why I don't do my part in the body of Christ. Here's the first one, and that is this. I don't wanna to commit to serving forever, ever. You're not. We, we just commit, ask you to commit for like one year at a time. 
And at the end of that year, you can be a free agent. And with this whole new college deal, you can just jump in a portal and you can negotiate a better deal with another team in our, at, on our church. And, and that's just totally up to you. You can serve for that year or you can renegotiate for the, you know, go, go the next year or you can go serve on another team. We, we just want you to give a little bit of your time for the next year to let God work through you to help somebody else know him better, to come to have a personal relationship with him. There's another one that we often hear, I'm not qualified. Well, according to the Apostle Paul, you absolutely are qualified. And you go, yeah, but you don't know me. You don't know my past. And I don't even really know anything about the Bible a whole lot. And I'm not sure I believe everything in the Bible. I'm not really special at doing anything. I'm not really good at just one, any specific thing. Here's my question for you based on what the Apostle Paul said. Did God create you with talents, gifts, and abilities? Yes. Did he promise to empower you if you used him for his good and his glory? Yes. Are you breathing? Yes, then you're qualified, right? And here's the thing, we will teach you as a church, we, we wanna apprentice you so that you can do your part in the body well. You just gotta make yourself available. And I'm telling you, you won't experience the empowering of the spirit in your life until you make yourself available. But you gotta step out. And that's when the spirit engages in this process. Now, some of you, you've thought this, well, I'm not here every week. That's okay, neither are most people. Um, most people attend church 2.3 times a month, right? Um, I always say I should do the same sermon every twice, twice, you know, two times, just have two sermons a month, right? Because we basically have a new crowd every Sunday. It kind of rotates, right? Um, so guess what? Neither is everybody else. But we will help you find a role that will fit your schedule. Now, another reason that people give is this. I don't have the time. So let me just ask you this question. What else are you gonna do on a Sunday morning that is going to have greater eternal impact on a family, on a marriage, on children than serving one extra hour of your Sunday morning. I really think that you could give an extra hour or so to serve people on a Sunday morning while you're here at church. And by the way, if a Sunday morning doesn't work for you, we have things that you could do through the week because we have people who come into all of our campuses and they put things together and get things ready for our students, for our children, for things that we do for adults. So our, our challenge for you is, hey, get on the team. It's to stop sitting on the sidelines if you're not serving and do whatever you can do, whatever God has called you to do. Because here's the thing, if you're not doing what God has designed and equipped you to do, then we can't do what God has called us to do as fast or as effectively as we need to without you doing your part and being part of the body. And so this next year, I'm just gonna tell you, this 2022, we need you more than ever. Because here's the deal. It's the only way that we can make room for more children and more students and more adults in all of our ministry areas. Because while it may look to you like everything is covered in all of our ministry areas, because I'm telling you, our teams, they work so hard to, great, to create great experiences for all of you. But here's what I can tell you. We are leaner than we've ever been on people serving in the 28 years that I've pastored this church. Our body is experiencing the largest percentage of body parts not engaging more than I've ever seen. And, and I know a lot of people's reason right now is, you know, I'm just kind of scared of what's going on in this pandemic kind of thing. And other people saying, man, this season has just wiped me out. Right, please know this. One of the most refreshing things, one of the most life-giving things that you can do to restore your soul is to start living others-focused. I can tell you this. The more self-focused you become, the more your soul will shrivel. The more other-focused you become, the greater your soul will thrive. It just happens that way 
every time. So here's how you get involved. We made it really, really simple. When you came in, there was a card that was on your seat. Looks something like this. If you don't have it, you probably are sitting on it, right? So grab this card and let me explain why you can do this. This card, if you look on the back, it has the three areas where your gifts are needed the most. And you say, well, you have adults, children, and students. We need people in all areas, right? And you will notice that each of these three areas has four opportunities. There's four opportunities on the other side of different kind of roles. So for example, you might love children and want to impact children, but you go, ah, I, I don't feel like I could be a great up close and personal person with children. I don't think I could have be great at personal contact, but I'd love to make a difference with children. Well, then our group's role is more of a children's teach, teaching, engaging, um, guiding kind of role, a hands-on role where production Production role, hosting role, and an admin role, those are all hands-off kind of roles. You can be involved as, you know, at different levels with children, but it's not as hands-on. So whether it's children or students or adults, um, you can be engaged without having to be completely hands-on in any of these areas. So every, every area of ministry, we have four different kind of roles that you can fill. So this is true for every area. So here's what you need to do. You need to start deciding if you'd rather start using your gifts and abilities and talents to invest in adults or children or students. And then pick one of these roles that you might enjoy. And some of you might wanna put a one or two out beside that. Um, this doesn't lock you into doing this. But what it'll do is it'll give the, us the information we need to get you engaged in exploring what this area could look like for you and to figure out if this is really for you. Another way for those of you that say, I'd like more information on this, is maybe to attend Engage. And you hear us talking about Engage. If you've been around here, it's a series of four conversations that happen on each of our campuses every Sunday of every month. Um, and it's basically four conversations, the first week, second week, third week, and fourth week, where we help you not only understand how to engage in a closer relationship with Jesus, but we also help you begin the process of discovering your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and your passions, and the best way to engage in using them to serve others in the body of Christ. And next week, because in conversation number three, next week would be a great week for you to go to engage because we're going to be talking about gifts, abilities, and strengths. And we're even going to give some profiles that help you be to understand how God has gifted you and what passions you have that you might could use and how you could use that, those in ministry to bless the body of Christ and the people in our community. So here's what we want you to do. Pick an area and then pick a role. Make sure you give us your name, your phone number, your email, best way you want us to contact you. And if you're not sure what you wanna do, then here's the thing. Go to Engage next week or next month. Just say, I'll go to all four conversations because it'll take you on a journey of really discovering God in your life at a whole nother level. And we'll answer any kind of questions you have, help you figure out what to do. So what do you do with this card today? Well, you can fill it out. You can lay it on your seat as you leave along with your Connect card, or you can drop them in the giving boxes as you leave your campus or your auditorium today. Now, before we wrap up, I just want you to really hear my heart on this and help you understand why we're pushing so hard for you to serve here. Some of you are gonna go, well, I know why you're asking for us to do that. You're gonna say, because it's easier if everybody serves. Well, that's not the primary reason. Honestly, here's what I know about the teams who serve right now. They care so much about you and they care so much of our community that they will keep serving even if it's hard. Even if some of the rest of you don't do your part in the body, they'll try to make up for your part because they love the church and they love our community. Some of you are saying, well, it's because you want us to be more connected to the body. Well, absolutely, as a pastor, we want the body of Christ to be connected. See, because like, you're right, when you start serving, 
you say, start taking ownership of this place and you develop some very meaningful relationships, but really connecting is not the primary reason either. Some of you go, well, you talked about us having a sense of purpose and significance, and that is true. Whenever you uh, do serve others, you start experiencing God working through you to change the lives of other people. You do experience a sense of purpose and significance like you never will in doing something else. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing, but that's not ultimately the reason either. Um, some of you say, well, maybe it's because you want us to be more unselfish. Well, <laughs> I need that. You need that. We all tend to be little self-centered people, right? So one thing that serving does is it does take the focus of all of ourself and remind us that life's not about us. And for some of you, um, this is precisely why you're not serving is because you are being selfish with your time. But as big as or important as it is for us to be unselfish, that's not the biggest reason. Others, you might be sitting there going, well, you want us to grow spiritually. Well, I guarantee you spiritual growth will happen if you begin to serve. Matter of fact, some of you are stuck here spiritually because you won't take this step to begin to serve and do your part in the body of Christ. But here's the thing, there is a much bigger reason. It's a much bigger reason why we want you to serve. And here's why we want. People in our community need to experience Jesus. And I wanna say something, this is so important. The only way they are going to experience Jesus in this world is through his body through you and through me, through all of us working together. And for some of you, that's a brand new concept to understand that when Jesus went back to heaven, he empowered and he commissioned and he commanded us to be his body. He says, I'm going back to heaven and now you're gonna be my representation in the world. And the way that all people are gonna know that you're my representation in the world is the unity, the love, and the way you serve together to make an impact. He says, by this, all people will know my, my, you're my disciples, by how you love and how you serve and how you work together. That's really what he's saying. It's pretty phenomenal when you think about it. So the reality is people in our community need to experience Jesus. And the only way we're gonna do that is through the body of Christ. See, people need to be invited by somebody to come here. And then they need the opportunity to walk in and have a bunch of somebody serve them and help them experience Jesus. And I'll just tell you why this matters so much to me because I have friends that need to experience Jesus. And I invite people to come to this church all the time. And you know what I pray that they will experience every time they come, that when they say yes, that I, that I just pray God beyond a shadow of a doubt, I want them to be able to walk in the room and, and just be blown away by the way our teams serve together as they show the love of Jesus. And you know, I know that their experience won't be quite as powerful as it could be if all of us are just sitting in seats and not involved. But it doesn't just matter to me because of my friends. Here's what I know. This all matters to you because you have friends that need to experience Jesus as well. And here's what I know about you. You may not be willing to give your time in this season. Right now, you may not have been giving your time to serve. But when you've got a friend walking in beside you for the very first time, you're all amped up inside. And you're hoping our guest services team, you're hoping our band and vocal team, you're hoping our kid men team, you're hoping everybody, even the pastor, like everybody needs to be on their A game. Isn't that what you want when, people, when you bring people? Now, I want you to think about that for just a minute. Isn't that a bit hypocritical when you really think about it? I mean, if it's so important that people are engaged to serve your friends, shouldn't you be engaged to serve their friends as well? Let, let me put it another way. What would people experience 
if everybody served like you. I mean, after all, whatever you do is what our church will do. We say this often, but let me just kind of remind us as we close out this conversation today. It's this statement that I wrote some years ago as I began to really realize this concept at a whole new level, and that is this. I, as I look in the mirror, I am the church. As you look in the mirror, you're the church. Together, we make up the body of Christ, which makes up the big church. But what I do, the church is. In fact, let's say this together, all of our, our churches today. Here we go. I am the church. What I am, the church is. When I serve, the church serves. When I reach out, the church reaches out. When I give, the church gives. When I love, the church loves. And when I don't, the church doesn't. I am the church. Listen. We together, because each one of us together make up the church, we have the opportunity to represent Jesus Christ in an amazing way to our communities. This is your opportunity to get on board because everybody needs, or this body needs everybody. And if you will, here's what I know from pastoring for the last 28 years. This is what you will experience. One year from now, you will have grown like you've never grown before. You will be more unselfish. You'll have a greater sense of purpose and significance, and you will feel like you're part of something meaningful that is so much bigger than you. But most of all, there will be some sons and there'll be some daughters, there'll be some kids, there'll be some middle schoolers, there'll be some dads, there'll be some moms, there'll be some husbands and wives who will have experienced Jesus because you played your part in being the body of Christ. And when you look them in the eye and you hear their story of life change, you will have experienced something like you have never experienced before. And you will be able to say, it was all worth it. I would not trade anything for the time that I gave serving this past year. Because there's nothing like being part of the body of Christ. There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right, representing Jesus Christ as he should be. So start committing to serve somebody this year because this is your church. And as we've said, this body needs everybody in order to be the body of Christ. So this week, make the commitment to your part to help the body of Christ function like it could and like it should because you are doing your part. Let me pray for every one of you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity just to pause as we begin our week. And I just ask that you'll help each one of us to really answer this question. Am I causing the church to limp? Is my part not being done because I'm not doing my part causing the church to be crippled in some way? But more than that, I pray that you'll help each one of us to imagine what it would feel like, what it would be like to do our part and be supernaturally empowered by your Holy Spirit as we do that part in your body. To experience you working through us and together as the body of Christ, seeing the lives of people change, not only who show up in our church, but who show up in our communities or that we show up around in our communities and we serve and, and we love on. God, I pray that you just give us a new passion for understanding the importance of being together as the body of Christ and working together and serving together as the body of Christ, representing Jesus in this world, being the body of Jesus. God, I pray that you help us take it more serious than we've ever taken it, but more importantly, God, help us to be more passionate about the church than we've ever been. 
Because the church, according to the Apostle Paul, absolutely is the hope of the world. So help us to be more committed to being your body as we step up and do our part. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks again for being with us. Don't forget, leave your serve card on the seat and also take your connect card uh, that you put your group signups on, leave them on the seat as well as you leave or drop them in the giving box. We'll see you next week.